0: Welcome to the Proclaim and Defend Podcast, a ministry of the Foundations Baptist Fellowship International. We seek to encourage and inform pastors on modern-day topics from a biblical perspective. Our mission is to bring together like-minded Baptists to collaborate in glorifying God through fulfilling the Great Commission. Hi, it's Don Johnson here with the Proclaim and Defend Podcast. We're bringing you another interview from our Frontline Magazine series. Earlier this year, we published an issue called Biblical Counsel for Medical Choices, and in the issue we're dealing with many ethical questions and matters of concern for Christians. So we're going to do one of those interviews tonight. Uh, before we get into it, I would like to make a little comment about some of our uh, audio quality. In Some of the earlier interviews that I've done on this, we used Zoom for our recording medium, and it's a good tool. Uh, brings people together across the miles, but there has been, at least in our recording so far, there were some issues with some of the audio quality, and we do apologize for that. We're trying to improve the equipment and uh, means that we have for recording. We hope that we'll uh, have better audio in the future. My own voice in this interview makes me cringe when I listen to it, but I hope that you can look past that and get to the content of the interview. Our our topic today is cosmetic surgery in a plastic age. Pastor Ryan Martin has given us a very good uh, exposition of this subject and pressed some of the ethical questions and uh, things surrounding the idea of uh, cosmetic surgery. I won't take any more time to introduce this, but I hope that as you uh, uh, listen to what Pastor Martin has to say, you'll find this a real blessing, instructive, and useful for your own ministry. Well, good morning. We're uh, interviewing today with uh, uh, Ryan Martin. He's the pastor of Columbiaville Baptist Church in Columbiaville, Michigan, and I have uh, been, been friends online for like 20 years, and this is the first time we've actually seen each other's face. So, so that's that's this is a milestone. <laughs> so, Ryan, is there anything more you'd like to tell us about yourself as far as your background and uh, and your ministry?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've pastored now uh, either a senior pastor or associate pastor in three different churches. This is my, my third church. I've been here about a year and a half and thankful to be pastoring this congregation. Uh, I went to Central Baptist Theological Seminary uh, for both my MDiv and my PhD. I'm married to Jen, my lovely wife. We have six children together and other than that, uh, don't, I could give you a few other miscellanies about myself, but that's, that's probably about it.
0: Well, that's the, that's a good bio, and it's great to have a, a passel of kids. We had five, but you're we one ahead of us, so that's great. <laughs> and they're all a blessing. Yeah. So, uh, let's see now, uh, why, the first thing we want to do, uh, Ryan, is just sort of summarize, if you could summarize the main, uh, idea of what your article is about, um, for some reason, I didn't put your title in my notes, which I should do. But uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us what your article is about and we can we can go from there.
1: Well, in short, my article is on the cosmetics uh, or I'm sorry, on the ethics of cosmetic surgery in a plastic age. And I explore the question of what is appropriate plastic surgery is plastic surgery even appropriate in my, in my article. And so I raised several different points.
0: Uh, oh. <clears throat> We're having a little trouble with my connection here. Uh, okay. I, and so we lost, we, 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 lost you a little bit there. So uh, you, you, We started, you're right at the point where you're saying we explore uh, uh, different points. So maybe pick up from there.
1: Well, I'm looking at, I'm just looking at the question, what is acceptable for a Christian Mm -hmm. in the realm of cosmetic surgery? And and, And what I provide are several different areas that need to be weighed as we're considering this question from an ethical point of view.
0: Right right yeah uh, i think that we can uh certainly we can imagine situations where somebody's disfigured in an accident and obviously uh for their peace of mind and and uh, all uh there's there's certainly need for rep- repairing the damage as much as possible uh or or a burn or something like that but um, the bigger area of concern would be um this philosophy of our our current era right the um i think let me think i i did i should refer to your notes you said something uh in here Uh, you quoted wayne grudem and he said it is not inherently wrong for human beings to desire beauty or to desire to be attractive handsome or beautiful in appearance so uh maybe you could uh you know, I guess there's a balance. I mean, how far do we have to go to become beautiful? And of course, beauty is a, is a, maybe somewhat of a subjective concept. Uh, uh,
1: yeah, so in, in one respect, um, if we, if we ask the, a very specific question, what, what are we talking about here with cosmetic surgery? We are addressing the, we're, we're physically, we're, we're artificially altering the body in some way. We're right. artificially altering the body. That's what cosmetic surgery is. Right. And so once we try to define what cosmetic surgery is and isolate it, it becomes even more of a tangled mess. So for example, with this begins to include a whole gamut of things from Uh orthodontics, straightening your teeth is a kind of artificial correction of the body to make it more beautiful. And I don't know many Christians who would argue that or are prepared to argue that orthodontics is some immoral category, for example. Right. Right. In a similar in a similar way. I mean we could just name a number of things. We could what about coloring your hair? What about when you uh when you cut your hair? <laughs> you're, when you're cutting your hair, there is an artificial change that's being applied to the body to make it more beautiful. <laughs> At least hopefully it yes. is. I'm not going to say anything about hair coloring today beyond <laughs> that, but you have, you have just a number of questions that are, that where you, where it's hard, a, a little bit difficult to clearly differentiate between, for example, You know, a facelift and straightening your teeth. And so Mm -hmm. the Bible addresses beauty, physical beauty, outward beauty, and it addresses it in a, in a, in a tempered way, but it doesn't outright condemn it at all. In fact, there are many Old Testament figures that are described as beautiful. And this is not, this is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Uh, Sarah was a beautiful woman, it says. David was of good appearance. We know that there were attractive people in the Old Testament. It's a, it's a gift of God. Right. So we don't want to object to beauty, physical beauty. At the same time, we want to order physical beauty where God puts it. And there are, there are things that God desires or prioritizes above physical beauty. It's a, it's a, it is a lower good than other things. So mm-hmm. of course, holiness, virtue, wisdom are things that the Bible commends above physical beauty to be pursu- pursued above physical beauty. Mm-hmm. It's the woman that fears the Lord that is to be praised. It's beauty that's vain. So mm-hmm. we want, we want to be, we want to put all of this together as we're thinking about the question of cosmetic surgery from an ethical point of view as believers. And there are a lot of different scriptures that need to be weighed. And as as you probably know, the scriptures don't say a lot about cosmetic surgery as we know it today in the modern sense. We know some people get their hair cut, and some people are commanded not to trim the corners of their beard. We know that tattoos are forbidden, which is a kind of alteration of the physical appearance. In the Old Testament, tattoos are forbidden. And there are so there we want to weigh all these different factors, right? In, in as we think about the question as believers.
0: Yeah, the term that comes to mind as you say all that is sort of a holistic uh, approach. Like we need to, in a way, we need to. I don't know. I don't want to exactly use the word, but maybe a systematic theology of beauty, or a, you know, <laughs> you know, in a sense of what, because a lot of times we tend to isolate passages and justify or condemn a particular thing just from one isolated point and that can get a, lead us astray so uh, absolutely right.
1: so yeah
0: go ahead no go ahead
1: well what i was going to add is as i as i thought about cosmetic surgery i i thought about it along the lines of of a spectrum from very simple inexpensive things like getting a haircut or trimming your nails,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Yes. all sorts of things that we do to the body to make us more attractive and well-groomed. Right. And then on the other side would be, and this isn't even talking about, you know, what happens in accidents and so forth, which is part of the equation. It's part of, that's part of the spectrum. It's on it. But then you have the, the other end of the spectrum, which would be very expensive treatments that are, uh, and cosmetic surgery procedures that are quite elaborate and do a great deal of alteration
0: mm-hmm. and
1: what it's pursuing. Mm-hmm. But, but even along that spectrum, okay, so in all of these, let's, let's just assume for the sake of argument that it's, there is a, a, a good beauty and attractiveness and being well groomed—that's being pursued. I'm going to include on this orthodontics. And again, this is a this is a big spectrum. Right. Now, what that spectrum requires judgment and weighing these things, as I said a moment ago. But then there's a whole nother category that I'm going to put outside of the spectrum, which is which is the uh, the application of cosmetic surgery in an overtly sexual way, right, which right. is in every case improper, I believe, for a Christian. So if you're making yourself immodest, basically, by making yourself more sexualized, that, I believe, is out of bounds for a whole host of reasons for a Christian. So that's outside that spectrum. It's a different kind of thing altogether. Yeah. It's for a different end or purpose. And in those cases, they they're strictly forbidden.
0: Yeah, I think you said something in your article on one of the quotes I pulled out, and an important question to answer is what is this procedure for? Right. And you know, what what's the objective? Uh sometimes it seems that you know well, whole cosmetics, we we could go into that too, but cosmetic yeah. surgery or whatever. It's uh it's look at me. You know, mm-hmm. you know look at me. Instead of trying to You know, be a, just a, a, you know, order the disorder. It's, it's, you
1: know,
0: know, make me the center of attention.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that, yeah. So that center of attention question can, that's going to be again in different realms. Obviously, anytime, maybe I shouldn't say obviously, but I would just, I would think that anytime you're pursuing an overtly sexual, kind of procedure that okay. you are you are getting trying to get people to look at you
0: that's right. and
1: then on that spectrum besides yeah the question of what is this for ought to be weighed and then the the investment costs and the wisdom of it is going to come in this this does touch on something that i think that's really important as we think about ethical questions as believers and that's That when the Bible doesn't specifically address a question, God expects us to use wisdom just because we don't, the Bible doesn't address it specifically as, as I've already said, I believe, I don't believe that it does with cosmetic surgery specifically like we think about it today. We still have to, that doesn't mean anything goes. It doesn't mean that we get to do whatever we want. We still need to use biblical wisdom and seek the glory of God in our lives as ordered believers
0: yeah yeah that's right. um I think uh you know your article does touch on all of these areas, but I get the sense that this article could have been you know like ten <laughs> ten articles <laughs> so uh, are there things that you really wished you could have said that you weren't able to say in the in the uh, limit of your piece?
1: Well, I, I think I hit on the main things I wanted to hit on uh, in the article, as far as the main points. But every, I think what I guess what I would say is, is I think it's important for the readers of the article, and I would encourage everyone to read the article, buy yes, the magazine, yes,
0: yes. And read the article. <laughs> Thank you for the plug.
1: <laughs> but what I would encourage those reading my article to remember is that every one of the points that I raise and I raise, I can't even remember the number now. I think it, yeah, it's seven different or eight, no, nine. Uh, Nine
0: different
1: different things to keep in mind as we're considering this question that every one of those could be developed and considered even more than what I have there. And, right. and so there's a lot more in every one of those points that of course I didn't really get a chance to develop yeah. because every one of those things are inc- important in, when considering the question.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a book someday, Ryan, on beauty. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. probably
1: been written, but yeah.
0: Yeah. It probably has. You know, I, I started trying to read, uh, oh, something by Frank Gabeline on beauty. And that was pretty heavy. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Heavy going. Anyway, but worth, I think it's a topic worth, uh, discussing because I, I, certainly in our, uh, society, I think we have a, a twisted sense of beauty, like, like everything touched by the fall, but even this is, um, you know, it's, it is remarkable to see people. I knew a lady who was, uh, in a, in, in, in the business world met her like 20, 30 years ago. Very attractive woman. Uh, and uh, you know, a nice person. She was an appraiser. She did uh, the appraisals for our house. And uh, here recently maybe, so this is, I hadn't seen her for like 15 or 20 years and we had to have something done at her house. And so I got her to come do it. Uh, and, She's gone through facelift. It uh, must be many, and it's it becomes almost grotesque, you know. After mm. a while, it's very sad to see. I mean, um, rather than let herself age gracefully, it's it's not good. You have to wonder about the spiritual condition behind that kind of obsession, I
1: guess. Yeah, well, and and the Bible speaks to that, doesn't it? The Bible actually commends the, the physical changes that happen with age as, as things that accompany wisdom. Mm -hmm. And in, in, we, we do live in a world in this moment that really values youth and, and some kind of eternity <laughs> eternal right. fountain of youth in uh, in our looks and and that is ultimately a vain pursuit that what people will value grandma for is not the fact that she looks like she's 37 right but her love and her sacrifice and her care for the people around her. And that's just true. That's true for all of us. Mm -hmm. And so we begin to hold on to things that are, and grasp onto things, chase after things that are, in the end, rather foolish if we lose our perspective on the world.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I like that phrase, uh, what we value grandma for.
1: You know, that's yeah,
0: (laughs) for cookies, for one
1: thing. (laughs) Well, sure but one of the reasons we value her cookies is because of this free and generous spirit to lavish good things upon her grandchildren and to make sacrifices i mean there's even there yeah the cookies i know what your point is uh, and your point is in part that if you eat too many of those you might need a kind of cosmetic surgery (laughs) but yeah the, uh, the ultimate you know, there's other things going on even there with the cookies, and that speaks yeah. the things that we value most.
0: Well, you, th- that, you think of the.
1: Like,
0: go ahead. No, well, you think of the sacrifice. Well, when, when I think about my grandma, the one grandma with yeah. the cookies, she was cooking on a coal-fired stove,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and she would be up. You know, we'd hear her out in the kitchen.
1: Yeah.
0: She was amazing. But anyway, that's that's what we're talking about. That kind of character.
1: That's right. And even Sarah is, you know, though she's described as physically beautiful, what the, even with her, what the Bible values even more than her physical beauty that she had, it seems, even into her later decades of life, yeah. that the Bible valued still her, her character, her submission to her husband and her godliness, her holiness. And that's, yeah, was, that's what the scriptures emphasize.
0: Absolutely, that's exactly right. So um I guess, uh, just in terms of applying this a little bit further, uh, I'm thinking that, you know, like a person who's gonna, uh, think, be considering plastic surgery, they the last person they're gonna ask for advice is probably their pastor. <laughs> so, right. so, so how do we, so, how do we as, uh, preachers, or even um, seasoned Christian leaders, parents, how do we, um, what should we stress in discipleship, do you think, for, to help people to form good discernment here?
1: Well, I would encourage pastors to find opportunities to address this sort of thing from the pulpit. And, uh, you know, I didn't, when I was, I was assigned this topic, Okay. Right. (laughs) (laughs) This wasn't something I thought of writing on my writing myself. Okay.
0: Right.
1: And I was glad to do it. And by the time I was done, I was extremely glad I did it. And I would encourage I mean the the thoughts you're seeing in the article are you know, I'm looking at sources of wisdom all over. I'm not coming up with anything on my own. If it is, it's probably the things that are bad in the article. (laughs) <laughs> but, but I would encourage pastors, you know, use the material here in your own way and teach your find an opportunity to talk about this with your with your church. Now, I haven't you know, I, I I should practice what I preach. I mean, I'm hopeful that an opportunity will present itself here. You know, the article is still pretty fresh in my mind. But having written it, my point is that I have become convinced that, you know, this is an important topic and one that we need to get out in front of. And that's one of the best ways to disciple our, the people that are under our care is by getting out in front of an issue and trying to address it from a biblical point of view. We don't, and, and there, you know, there are really important principles that, that this touches on, that this whole realm touches on that speak to our current cultural moment that, that we need to help our people think about in a biblical way in terms of how, how am I going to follow Christ? Uh, The second thing I would say is if you're considering cosmetic surgery and you're listening to this podcast right now, you should talk to your pastor. That's what you should do. Let me just say that you should talk to your pastor. I know you probably don't want to, maybe you haven't even thought about it, but you should. I think that's a really, I think that's a, that would be a really good thing to do. And then, Third, I would, uh, I would, I would encourage believers to, yes, pursue straighten your teeth, be well groomed. Yeah. Christians should not be sloppy people. They, and they should be, you know, they should be people that because we love others, that's what that's what being well groomed is all about. It's about. Yeah caring for other people around you and helping them feel more like you respect them. And that's that can obviously, there's a balance there. There's a spectrum and not all of us are going to agree on what that's where that nice happy medium is. But I think it's something to pursue as a general principle. Yeah. And, and yet I would, I would discourage believers from pursuing youth I would. There is a kind of censorship in our moment of of old, older wisdom, older women, women who are aging. There, there's. We want them. We can't handle even looking at them because of the the problems that we've introduced. And then there's the issue of how American culture in general that we all contribute to in one. Way or another, and I don't mean to insult you, Don, when I say American, I mean North American, of course. But, (laughs) there's a, there's a way in which the West, in its, in this cultural moment, is really doing harm by emphasizing beauty as it Mm -hmm. is. There are, there are young women who are, who are, again, Altering their, their appearance, you know, young women in the, in, in the Far East are altering their appearance so that they look more like Western women because mm-hmm. of this artificial, stereotyped, every woman looks the same standard of beauty. And mm-hmm. Christians ought to oppose that. We ought yeah. to be some of the most forceful voices because of love for each other and love for neighbor. Some of the most forceful voices saying, we love older women. We love our wives. We love our daughters the way God made them. And yes, we want them well groomed. Cut your hair. Hair your nails. Yeah. You can, you know, there, think carefully about how you're going to use makeup. There may be opportunities for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's interesting. You you mentioned the older women and I do think that at the date, a lot of discipleship in this area, uh, certainly can be de- dealt with through ladies Bible studies and, and, yeah. and older women, you know, teaching, you know, discipling younger women. Now, of course, yeah, so it's not point. just women who are involved in cosmetic surgery. Right. You know, there's, yeah. the, you know, the cult of beauty or whatever it is for men, it's there too. You know, people are yeah. wrapped up in it. I think, um, perhaps. You know, this touches on those other issues that we fight about music, uh, movies, um, you know, the general culture of our day. You uh, so know, we do need discernment in every every aspect because it it affects the way we think. And yeah. I do think that's quite quite important.
1: Yeah. If so. if you took us into put us in a time capsule or time capsule is the wrong wrong thing. How about a how about you know, just, in a in a ship and we sailed to some deserted island and our families grew up there. Now, that's not what's happening. I understand that. But my point is that happened. Like we wouldn't care two cents about whether or not our cheekbones were high and suspended or whether or not, you know, every wrinkle was gone or, you know, the exact dimensions of our body, whether we're a man or a woman. Yeah, those things would not be important to us because and the reason they are important to us is in, in great measure, as you just said, because of the, the social climate that we're in. Mm-hmm. And while. While there is, again, a value in being well-groomed, the, the balance comes back, the, yeah. the value of being well-groomed in taking care of yourself and straightening your teeth if you have the money for it or. Yeah. Or, or even if in the case of disfigurement, in the case of an accident or something like that, of, of yeah. taking care of that, this, those are, I think, good things to do when you can afford it. But recognize yes. that ultimately your, what God wants of you is not, he wants you to be content with the way he's made you. Yes. That yeah. needs to be the overriding concern. Yeah, your absolutely. body is redeemed by Christ who is res- his resurrection life. And because Christ has an interest in your body, he will raise it at the last day. It matters what you do with your body. Amen.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, you're getting into preaching there, brother. So the, uh, now you mentioned, you did quote Wayne Grudem. And I, uh, the title of his book in your footnotes was Christian ethics and introduction to biblical moral reasoning. I see it's over 600 pages. And, uh, I'm sure you read all 600. <laughs> but uh, uh
1: I've yeah, I mean I I read it pretty quickly, but uh not because it, it deserved it, but I mean I did read the book. I had Well, I
0: wonder what you thought of that book and is is it something that would be a good resource?
1: I I would say that you know, all it could do I need to give all the regular caveats. Uh Yeah. You know, yes. Yeah, of course I didn't agree with everything and there are times where it's a little frustrating the way that I disagree with yes. with his conclusions, but at the same time, as a resource to go to for Christian ethics, I think it's something that every pastor should have in his library.
0: Okay. And on on this line, I wonder if there's other resources that you uh uh would recommend um, you know, on this topic in general. Some things that stand out to you from what you, when you're studying for this article.
1: Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I get, again, I looked at a variety of sources. I saw, I read some Roman Catholic ethicists on, on cosmetic surgery and right. I found some of what they had to say very helpful. Right. Uh, because the, all truth is God's truth. And if the truth, I don't, you know, if the truth is, Coming even from an unbeliever, there may mm. be something that we can learn there from them, mm. especially if, um, especially if it's something we haven't thought a lot about.
0: Yeah, that's and right.
1: So I found some. I, I I found some Roman Catholic ethicists. I'd i encourage someone to do. You know, you you know how to, the internet works and search. Yes. John yes. Piper has some interesting thoughts on this question. I, I remember. Looking at some of what he had to say about it. And then I, uh, if you just get to know what's going on in mm-hmm. cosmetic surgery, it's, that's almost enough to answer the question.
0: There you go. You.
1: When yeah. you look at the top procedures that are being done. Just do an internet search. What are the top 10 cosmetic surgery procedures being done today in America? And mm-hmm. we'll see what the movement really is all about unfortunately right.
0: yeah that's that's quite a uh, that's quite amazing all right so uh, let's see I guess that anything else like in terms of application the, for the average person anything else you'd like to to add um, you know uh, I guess what I'm thinking about are the not I, I get I say average person but I guess what I'm thinking about is a person who's uh i guess it's maybe teens and and uh, and younger people or less mature people who are very self-conscious and worried about how they look and worried about how other people perceive them so any thoughts that you might share on that uh, aspect
1: well I, I alluded to this earlier but I'll, I'll i'll just reemphasize it because i think this is one of the overarching Matters to be weighed in this whole thing to be considered. For every one of us, God made us the way we are.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He mm-hmm. knows how he made us. Sometimes God made us in, in this fallen world, disfigured. Mm-hmm. There are people who have been born disfigured and Also because of disease and accidents in a fallen world, disfigurement happens. And God knows about that as well. And I think the overarching, the overarching value to consider in this question is the fact that God is sovereign over your physical appearance. Right now, and there are times where people are disfigured and it would be uh, it would be appropriate um, or even good to pursue cosmetic surgery. But even there, the funds aren't there, in which case, if you're going to wisely steward what God has given to you, you don't have the money mm-hmm. for what and otherwise would be a good procedure, in which case it becomes wrong. Yeah. And yeah. so how do we think about that? We remember that God is the one who made us just the way we are. And that there ought to be a contentment in that. Whether, you know, we are extremely good looking as you are, Don, <laughs> or you know, a little bit more homely like other people are, whether we struggle with our weight or yeah. Or we're a woman, and and the features that we might desire just aren't there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's important that we're content with the way God made us, and and for those of us who have spouses and children, it's important that we are content with them in the way that God has made them. Mm-hmm. And a contentment will go a really long way. Absolutely. In how we in in impacting how we think about this. There is a there ought to be a joy in recognizing God made me this way. Again, this is not to say I am not saying here that we never pursue those things, but we, even when we pursue good grooming, straightening our teeth, cosmetic surgery in the case of disfigurement, even when we can we pursue those things, there has to be a bedrock of thankfulness and contentment to God. So that we don't become obsessed with it and make poor judgments. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that's, that's all very helpful and especially the idea of contentment. So the spiritual growth is, is really absolutely necessary.
1: Absolutely. So,
0: yeah. Well, well, Ryan, I really uh, want to thank you for taking the time to go through this with us. I do hope that it inspires people to read the article, to subscribe to Frontline. And, uh, we do, we are, that's part of our objective in doing this, but I think it's helpful just for Christians in general. This is a topic, and, it's, and as I say, is assigned to you. But it, we, we, you know, we, we th- might think about it once in a while, but we don't really think uh, concentrate on it. I don't think on a,
1: on a yeah.
0: daily basis for sure. So, thank you very much for the article and for this interview.
1: Okay, You're so. welcome, Don.
0: This has been the Proclaim and Defend podcast. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe and give us a good review. If you want to learn more about the FBFI, check out our website at fbfi.org or our blog, Proclaim and Defend, at proclaimanddefend.org. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on the Proclaim and Defend
1: podcast.